Night passes uneventfully. Uh, morning comes. What's the plan? Okay, so this is day three. Are they picking us up on day three or are they picking us up on the morning of day four? Uh, honestly, the captain said a couple of days. Hmm. I mean, you can do the sending thing when we're ready. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm going to do a sending to the captain. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait, we did a long rest, right? I can, oh, I can yeah. get all my hit points back. Yes, you can get your hit points back. Hit points and spell slots back for everybody. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> How are repairs going? What's your ETA? I'm counting that as one word. Also, we have to talk about Navaris when you have a chance. 19. Okay. About a minute passes. On our way back, Kara has a lead for you. What do you mean, talk about Navaris? What did he do this time? <laughs> 21. Okay. What did he do this time? Kidnapped a baby. Okay, so if they're on their way back, then that gives us about a day. Yeah. I'm going to go see my family. If any of you would like dinner? It's, yeah, it's, mm. it's 24 hours from uh, Port Meridian to uh, Eastheim. Right. Okay, so assuming that they haven't, like, uh, assuming they're probably just a couple hours out at the most. Yeah, can visit with Wynn's folks. Yeah, I've still got to get back to the temple, and uh, I've got to do some reading. Yeah, you can go to reading. I'll take Alviva and Artie if, they, if he wants to come, or if he can go with you, and we'll go eat. Artie, I think you'd be really bored at the temple, honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. Those <laughs> guys can't party. <laughs> I mean, you've never seen Midwinter Berthanox, but okay. Berthanox? Yeah, mid, mid, Midwinter Berthanox. It's, it's, it's the big thing every year, the, 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 the solstice. Do you, do you not? Did you never have that? No. Huh. I also don't know what that is. Well, I, when? You guys? Berthanox. The, 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 the Nethlin Temple? Big town? Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never taken part. Is it a bunch of babies? Why is it called Berthanox? Because it's everybody's birthday. Pardon me? Oh my god, that's adorable. It's... Okay, okay, okay. So it's a symbolic well, birthday thing. Uh, That'd be I'd... fun. I'd like that. I don't know when my birthday is, so... Okay, well, you can you can do the, the Berthanox thing with me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn 24 this year. Okay. Um all right. Well, uh yeah. Well, I I have to I have to I have to to resituate a whole bunch of the plans I was making. You guys don't know what Perthanox is. Oh, for sake. Okay. Okay, well, it's a huge party. It lasts basically from sun up to sunrise uh the next day. Uh it's it's like everybody stays up and and it's the it's the longest darkest night of the year and everybody stays up and there's and there's like a big fire that you have to keep going and there's like parties and and everybody like talks and laughs and drinks and gets together and it's a whole lot of fun and then you know the 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 crimson abbots comes by on bone white shock and asks everybody riddles and and you and you have to give her coffee and make buns and and uh it's that sounds awesome it's my favorite part of the year I've been, I've been, I've been shopping, and and you know everybody gets presents, and and oh, okay, okay. Well, that's like, what is it like? Is it like the eleventh month? Okay, well that's like that's like that's like a month and a half away, but but it'll be great. Trust me. Okay, we'll have a birth and on the ship. Yes, sounds good. I will start. I haven't purchased anything for anyone. Thinking 
about presents, I guess. Oh god. Oh no, it, it it's fine. It's it's more of like a it's more of like kind of a simple thing. It, it don't worry about it. Okay. I'll okay. start Get- drinking right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh come on. I am concerned about your blood alcohol levels. Alviva, Artie, let's go visit my my family. Just so you know, my mom is a little bit overbearing. Don't worry about it. She will probably insist we have lots of food. We do have lots of alcohol. My father always insists on that, so there's plenty of drink. Let's go. Sweet. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay. It's a great time. That sounds really, really good, actually. Would would you be able to borrow the books from the temple so you could come with and we could take those with us on the ship? Ah, they're really, really old. Oh, that's fair. Uh, well, make a copy? That takes a while to make copies of books. Look, you know, they I, really need to make something that you can just quickly copy things. Yeah. Like a like 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 if you had a whole bunch of letters? Yeah, like if you had a whole bunch of letters and you could just like lift up a screen and like push it down on the letters and they'd make a copy. That'd be really nice. Oh, somebody should get on that. Yeah, they really should. I feel like it would revolutionize the whole thing. You're <laughs> too busy doing hot yoga, though. Yeah. <laughs> too busy doing hot yoga, eating brunch, and drinking mimosas. <laughs> Love this planet. We should get brunch while we're here. We haven't done that. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start heading back to Stormhaven at yeah. least, and we'll split up there. Maybe I could convince my mother to cook brunch for dinner. Oh, I love brunch for dinner. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's a couple hours walk back to Stormhaven. Uh, passes uneventfully. You guys find the road pretty quick, and from there, it's just a, a, a nice after, a nice morning walk to Stormhaven. Lovely. I know this place like the back of my hand. It's great. It's very comforting. All right, you arrive at Stormhaven. Okay. Um. So, how far is it to to your place? When cacophony? When? When? It's a couple hours walk out into the farmlands because they own a they own a farm on the edge of a small village. Tell you what, can give me directions? I might be able to meet you guys there. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you have to take the the western pathway. Uh, you're going to head out that way. You you are from the area. Do you remember where? Do you remember where Old Cotton's farm was? Uh, is that out by that tree stump? That's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Y- where you're the, supposed the to hang right the tree, looks but the like tree's a not there anymore. Yeah, and then the then the tree stump now kind of looks like a butt. Uh huh. Yeah. No. No. Butt tree. I remember butt tree. I love butt tree. <laughs> Cotton, Cotton's farm burnt down uh, like a couple big years trees back. And I can but, like. uh, you can still kind of see <laughs> the foundation, but if you go past it and you hit, right. hitch hitch like north northeast at that point, uh huh, you can kind of. In the distance, you'll start to see the village. Head straight towards it, uh-huh. and on the left, you'll eventually see my family's farm. My mother went on this long tangent where she wanted everything painted bright blue a couple uh-huh. of years back, and so Dad painted the house blue. You you can't miss it. Uh, that's the farm. All right. I'm having flashbacks to every time I visit my family in Tilbury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, this is this is an extended rural area. Take a right at the tree bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we we. Someone knocked out the moose crossing sign uh-huh. on the road on the way to our house and we couldn't tell people how to find us anymore because like the moose crossing sign was an essential part of the directions. <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. I used to have like nightmares when I was a kid about the whole thought of like if anything bad ever happened and I had to phone the police or an ambulance, it would be like, I need an ambulance. Okay, so go over the bridge, <laughs> take a left, watch for the moose crossing sign. I'm the most city here. Yes. So, okay, so Jill gets those directions, and then she's going to head to the temple. Mac, you have told me nothing about Cacophony's family. I can't roleplay your family. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. We're going to have to gloss uh, I'll, over I'll, this. 
I'm just going to describe quickly probably how it is. Uh, so most of Cacophony's family's actually moved out. She's got three older siblings and two younger, but they, they've also, and th- well, three younger, and two of them have moved out, so there's only one sibling still at home. Her mom is, the best way I can describe it, is imagine an overbearing, overly helpful mom. So she's she's instantly all over Artie and Alviva when they show up, trying to make sure that they're very they're very comfortable. You can take off your shoes, dears. Uh, offering them tons of food, uh, tons of cookies. Uh, I like to think that they're basically all like Midwestern style food, so they make a lot of casserole and stuff mm-hmm. in the family. And there's like elaborate cakes with like holes poked in them and like caramel d- drizzled in things they like that. They make a shit ton of bun cakes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, her father is, meanwhile, very quiet and very grumpy, and he's very beefy for an elf. And he just kind of has, like, he, he he's always has the look of someone who's reading a newspaper and drinking coffee. But whenever he does talk, he always pipes in with something that's either a pun or just, like, weirdly on-the-nose hilarious, like some kind of dry commentary about whatever's being said or talked about. Mackenzie. Yes. I love your family, Wynn. Is, is Wynn's father... Southern hospitality, Mr. Bennett? Basically, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Basically, yes. Uh, and her only sibling is the uh, left at home is her younger brother, whose name is Nikillian, and uh, but he goes by he goes by he goes by Killian. And he is the one who's obsessed with cacophony. And he's actually got a weird poster of cacophony that someone <laughs> hand drew hanging on the wall of his room. Oh no, which is he attracted to women? He is. Oh no. oh no! Oh no! Oh god! No, he's gay. He's definitely gay. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. He he uh, he ad- he admires her like one might admire Barbara Streisand. Okay. There we go. Gotcha. And he is just a he is the youngest by a lot. He is maybe he's not even a hundred yet. <laughs> and he is just kind of giddy and talking to everybody about how he's going to grow up to be a bard. And he is excitedly giddy all the time. And because all of his siblings have moved out, he now has the best room in the house. And yeah, that's the, those are Cacophony's family that everybody gets to meet. All right, uh, Jill, we're going to go with you to the Temple of Ethla. Okay. Where's your first stop? I mean, pretty much she's got to find, she's just... Actually, Jill's going to take some time first before anything else to just sort of commune for a while, just kind of sit down in sort of that the, the central area before like the main altar mm-hmm. and just kind of sit in it for a while because okay. God damn it, she cannot get that anywhere else. <laughs> you commune for a little while, uh, kind of take that comfort in, relax over the stress of the last day or so. Uh, when you look up, uh, Mother Sylvia is standing there patiently waiting for you to come out of it. I'm back. I see that you are. It's been it's been an eventful couple of days, if you believe it. You look like it's been an eventful couple of days. You look um well better now, but when you came in you were a bit haggard. Uh that's kind of my everyday now, actually. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. How how's is um I'm here for the book and the mm-hmm. and the and the Yes, I can, lead, I can lead you down to the archive. Uh, I have also finished the blessing on your hammer, so I can return that to you as well. I would love that, actually. All it right. feels really weird to not have it. All right, so uh, you two go to her office. Uh, she hands your hammer over to you. It doesn't look much different, but when you pick it up, there's a bit of a tingle when you touch it. Cool. It is, by the way, now a plus one warhammer. Thank you. 
She says, I'm afraid I couldn't do much. I'm not particularly powerful in that regard, but I do hope this helps. No, that's that's more than enough. Thank you. Uh, and I will lead the way down to the archive. Uh, there is a door in the same hallway that leads to Mother Sylvia's office that is usually locked. Um, she unlocks it and leads you down a very steep staircase, like terrifyingly so. <laughs> it's like old and stone and the center of each step has been worn down. Worn down, yeah. That's, that's oh, how geez. old it is. Is there a railing at all? No. <laughs> awesome. You have to step on it, like step down it sideways. How many people have died in this stairwell? The hall is narrow enough that you end up kind of like bracing either your hands on uh -huh. either side of the wall on the way down so you don't, you know, eat shit. Oh, thank goodness for dark vision, at least. <laughs> so she leads you down into there, and it gets colder and colder the further down you get. You got your wee-woo head on that. <laughs> is this, I'm guessing this is like the oldest part. This of... is the oldest part of the temple. All the yeah. times the temple got burned down, this is always the part that's left. And as you get down there, it's like you're passing through, like, it's like you, you know when uh, you walk into a store in the winter and like the hot air from the inside of the store just hits you like a wall? Yes. It's that, but instead it's just dry. Huh. This room has been magically dehydrated, basically. They are using destroy water spells to keep this room as dry as humanly possible. <laughs> has Jill ever been down here before? No. Okay. So you, uh, you pass into an area that is, uh, it's a stone room. There's actually like an outer wall and then there is an inner wall sort of serving as a uh, serving as a buffer and it's inside that sort of circle of the inner wall that you see a lot of shelves packed with uh scrolls at first because uh some of these texts predate the invention of the codex style book and then later on you start to see leather bound volumes and such some of the early ones don't even have leather on the cover they are just wood covers juliana's like salivating <laughs> <laughs> she wants to read every book <laughs> uh, Mother Sylvia uh, stops by the entrance to this area uh, and uh, reaches into a box and pulls out a pair of very soft uh, cloth gloves and hands them to you and says, I'm afraid you're going to need to wear these while you're touching the books. The acids in your hands might actually damage them otherwise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you put the gloves on. Yeah. All right. And, she says, and this is the entire archive. Uh, it's arranged more or less chronologically. Okay, then... Whew. You said there was you said there was a history of the temple that was in celestial? Yes. Um this let me pull out and she reaches over and she pulls down uh, she has her own pair of gloves on, by the way. She reaches over and she pulls down a scroll. Uh this isn't the kind of scroll with like the fancy roller on it or anything. This is literally just a piece of vellum that has been rolled up. Oh my gosh. And it cracks a bit as she opens it up. She opens it up very, very, very carefully. Chiliana's having such a good day right now. <laughs> she says, uh, this is the earliest account that we have it's not the earliest account that ever existed i'm afraid some of the texts over time uh, got so damaged that we had to actually retranscribe many of them unfortunately this means that certain details have been lost since those parts of the books were too severely damaged to recover right now this this is probably what i'm looking for all right i will lead you to it then thank you and she leaves you down in this very, very dry, very, very cold room with a bunch of books. Juliana's thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there any information in particular that you're looking for? Um, I think she's... I think the thing that really piqued her 
interest after she got done being pissed off about the whole general Thazita thing. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that piqued her interest was the was the note of about like some kind of primary cult until about a thousand years ago or something. And I think she's going to start just sort of looking in that general historical vicinity. Okay. Because this is a specific record of Stormhaven, right? Yes, yeah. this is a specific record of the Temple of Ethla in Stormhaven, which was the first Temple of Ethla. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, looking at the history, and you can tell that this information has been retranscribed from books that were already damaged, uh, because there are certain details that are just not here mm-hmm. and had to be filled in with vaguer terms. I think I, I I'd like to think that that's something that Julian is at least like probably aware of. Just that's probably something that's just reiterated a lot in any of like her sort of classes. Yeah. These are things that had to be rewritten over and over and over again. It's like playing telephone. You're going to lose detail. Yeah, shit is just, there's a lot of shit that's just lost. Mm-hmm. But what you gather from the text that you go through, and you go through that first scroll, um, and then there are a couple of next to it that you can also go through. But the details that you glean are that roughly 1,200 years ago, there was a champion of the fishing village that would become Stormhaven. And the, ter- the name is actually just Stormhaven in an older dialect of nice. the language you speak. Uh, there was a champion who uh, was martyred against a tyrant that was marching against the village. Both the tyrant and the champion fell. But everyone was so moved by this martyrdom that this champion who picks up the name Ethla, there was a previous name, but you can't figure out what it is. The martyr picked up the name Ethla and basically ascended to godhood and was worshipped as a goddess from that point forward. Huh. Right here. Yep, died here. Juliana kind of, like, looks around. Here? Here? There's a... Is there a tomb? No tomb. That you can see, at least. Huh. From that point forward, you get to that point that they mentioned about... That the Thazita mentioned about a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. There is some kind of crusade. Ethla has called her followers to face off against some kind of adversary, and the majority of the church goes somewhere. And they don't come back. General theory is that they were all killed. The church was then rebuilt from the junior most acolytes of the order. Uh, and as a result, aside from the stuff that had been written down, a lot of the traditions of the faith were lost. Hmm. Uh, there's nothing else from that point forward that's particularly exciting. From that point forward, it is mostly negotiations with the city council of Stormhaven, interactions with the various trade routes that end up coming through here, uh, expansions of the temple, logistics, that kind of thing. The two major events that you can find are that martyrdom of Ethla and that event a thousand years ago where everyone basically leaves. Hmm. Um, then in that case, I think she's going to just sort of look around and see if she can find anything, like, around that same... She's curious about the martyrdom in particular, I think. Okay. Is there any, uh, is there anything in particular that you're looking for there? I guess... details. There really aren't any beyond what I've described to you. Okay. They were both a really, really, really long time ago. Right. And you're looking at, like, fifth-hand accounts from this point. Then if there's nothing that she can find about any kind of details about this, about this martyr, then I think she's going to try and find anything else about this, this, this crusade, this exodus. Okay. 
again, you it was still a really long time ago. You don't find very much detail beyond that. Mm-hmm. You just find out that it, it was a call directly from Ethla, the goddess, saying that the order was needed somewhere to face off against an adversary that threatened all life. Nothing about this adversary in any detail. No, I'm afraid not. Okay. It's all, The way they write about this adversary, it's almost like there was a fear that speaking of the thing brought it forward. So there's definitely no name. No name. Mm-hmm. So it was Captain Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then Jill is deeply troubled. <laughs> I think she, I think in that case, she's going to very carefully re-roll sort of the vellum scrolls that she's gotten out. And uh, then she is going to sort of skim the the shelves to see if there's anything else that sort of pops out at her that seems unusual or important or... Um, you do find a book. Uh, let me just see if I can look up the logo that's going to be on here. Yeah, you find a leather-bound book um, that has a symbol on the spine. No words, just a symbol. Uh, the symbol almost looks like an angular, linear drawing of a tree. Like somebody just put like five lines together and made it look a bit like a tree. Hmm. She'll pull that and sort of gently skim through it. Okay, this appears to be a text on the uh, outer plane of Isgard. There is the, the focus of the book itself appears to be... Uh, the, there's the text itself, which... This is a little weird because you're looking at it. It appears to have been written from the point of view of someone who's not on Isheim. This appears to be written by someone who, in a place called Sigil. You, at first you think it's Sigil, but then, <laughs> but then you see you see a little annotation that somebody has written uh-huh. and that like has the proper pronunciation on it. And oh. then you know start to notice other annotations. Someone has gone through this book. And started making notes, and it looks like they were trying to figure out where in the Outer Plains Ethla is located. Like, where her realm is. Huh. And they appear to have tracked it down to the plain of Isgard. Juliana's going to give that a, a closer reading to see if anything pops out about any kind of the language that she already knows about, like, uh, about wild space. Like, spheres, planets, any kind of, like, any of that kind of language in there. No sphere language, no planet language. Uh, a lot of talk about something called a great ring huh. and something to do with a world tree. And then there appear to be there appears to be a debate within the text of the books over whether the great ring model is more valid or the world tree model is more valid. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's odd. Juliana is obviously taking copious notes because it's really irritating. Can't take any of these books out. <laughs> Yeah, it describes Isgard as a plane that is an infinite sky in which gigantic earthbergs, they're called, uh, gigantic masses of land constantly flow in a river. They are constantly bashing up against each other and grinding and causing earthquakes. And there appears to be a population living in this place. They start talking about the heroic dead and something about some, something about powers and petitioners and talk about other gods also living in this area and also other heroic figures like people who have died heroically and almost nearly ascended to godhood in terms of how legendary they are. Some kind of faction uh, that also seems to call this place home, but there's not a lot of detail there as well. And it's all deeply strange. I need to go to a library. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just as a comfort mechanism for research. <laughs> Uh, then Jillian is going to make as many notes from that one as she can. Okay. Probably, well, there's probably not a clock down here. Gets a sense of her internal clock. Then she is probably going to sort of put everything back the way she found it, replace the gloves, and just sort of like carefully leave while looking over her shoulder a lot because surely she's fucked something up and now a book is dead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you head back up the terrifying staircase. Uh, the door to Mother Sylvia's uh, office is slightly open. Jill knocks on the door. Uh, so you knock on the door. Uh, Mother Sylvia says, uh, come in. Juliana lets herself in. That was illuminating. And I don't think that's a pun on, a, on the illuminated manuscripts. Well, I'm glad, because that, that, be, that would be very unfortunate if it were. <laughs> It's a lot. Uh, do you do you know about that book with the world tree stuff in it? The 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 sigil thing. Yes, um, that's a somewhat old part of the collection. We're not quite sure where it came from. I think there might have been an acolyte somewhere down the down the road that had a personal project. Yeah, no, it definitely looked like a personal project. I, that one was deeply weird. I don't think I've ever heard about the the martyr though. Oh, uh, the, the, the martyr who became Ethla. Yeah, that's not something they ever covered. It is somewhat apocryphal. The attitude of the church these days is largely that uh, the origin of the goddess is irrelevant. That we should be, act as though she has always been here and always should, always will be. But, I mean, that's, that's information about her. We, we, we have nothing that's... That's something to go on, at least. Mm. As I said, the uh, the current uh, politics of the church are such that uh, there is there is no drive to investigate that particular uh, that that particular piece of information. <sighs> Don't like that. It just there's so little to go on. I mean, it's supposed to be enough, but but <sighs> I don't know. That's that's probably something for another time, though. <sighs> Um, okay, I, I should probably get going. Um, I don't know if, if any of my stuff is still in my room or... Uh, I believe it is, yes. Uh, most of it's been put in the footlocker. Right. Since we do need the bed, but we do still have your things. Yeah, I can, I can, I can take the, the footlocker. Um, that's fine. You're also welcome to leave it here. You don't have to completely erase yourself from the temple. But, well, I mean, other people can use that space a lot better than I can, and... and... Footlockers are very inexpensive, dear. We can always get another one. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go... I'd, I'd like to go through that and at least take a couple of things, if that's all right. Of course, feel free. Right. Um, but after that, I I think, well, I've, I've got to get going. I'm going to go meet up with my group, and, and you met some of them, and there's also Alviva. She's nice. Um, I, I, I mentioned her. I mentioned everybody. They, they seem very interesting. <sighs> They're significant. Uh, right. Uh, one, one last thing, though. Um, I'm... I'm getting a lot of, uh, on-the-job experience lately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my, 
there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm running up against the the edge of the things that I've studied. Is are there any are there any theory books that I could that I could take with me for for some of the higher, more complex magic? I I could really use a study guide. Um. Jill, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, by this point, you have far surpassed most of the clergy in terms of power. What? But that doesn't seem right. You call the thunderstorm, dear. Well, yeah, but I mean... I can't do that. What? But... But I've definitely seen that before. You have seen it by the senior most, most powerful members of our order. Most of us are not that. So if I said... Make a giant trench in the ocean. That's um not unheard of, but not common. Oh, scrub out your wings. <laughs> Ask for a promotion. <laughs> now you are the grand cleric. What about flying? Is flying a thing? Is flying a normal thing? I would say no. Oh. I, I, oh, I don't, I don't, Jill, like, sits down hard. (laughs) I don't, oh, 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 dear. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure about that. That doesn't seem appropriate. The hailstorms? Can't do that. Speaking with the dead? I've heard of people doing that. Oh, dear. But how am I- I can't make this stuff up as I go. I- I really need to go to a library. (laughs) That doesn't seem appropriate, Mother. Well, appropriate or not, it is your reality now. I'm very strong. Oh dear. I- uh, okay, I guess I'll just- wing it? That does seem to be the only way forward at the moment. Is that a joke about the fact that I can sometimes manifest wings? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Juliana starts to like, there's that staticky kind of air around her as she starts fretting about this. <laughs> Jill, you're welcome to stay in my office as long as you like, but there are other things I need to get to today. So if you'll excuse right. me. No, yes. No, I I should. I should go. I, I should. I'm going to go get some of my stuff and then and then head out all right it was good to see you dear yeah um i have no idea when i'll be back well i do hope to see you again at some point yeah me too if only to find out what else you've learned to do in the time you've been gone yeah i'll I'll try to keep you posted (laughs) appreciate that and she'll sort of go Rustle through some things in her footlocker, pack some stuff in her bag, and then head out. And I believe uh, Wynn told, uh, or Cacophony? Wynn. Wynn. Wynn told, uh, told Jill that it was basically just a couple hours walk to get to the Petrus house. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that uh, my mouth is stuffed with flapjacks already. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're definitely having flapjacks. It's breakfast for dinner. There's bacon. There's cinnamon rolls, homemade, and ri- risen that day. Oh the traditional Eastheim meal of brunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mom's made mimosas. She's Finally, making- some good fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> she's also a worrywart mom, so she's trying to make sure that Alviva is of age to drink this alcohol, but being subtle about it. There are at least two breakfast casseroles. 
There are definitely two breakfast casseroles. I'm just imagining like your mom desperately trying to navigate that conversation and trying to figure (laughs) out how old Alviva is, which is made all the much worse by the fact that Alviva doesn't know how old Alviva is. Yeah, that's fun. All the answers are pretty confusing. It's like, oh, you know, when when is your birthday? Is it coming up? I don't know. I don't know. We can just kind of pick today. Oh, yeah. We did talk about midwinter birthinox and decided Alviva's going to celebrate her birthday that day, too. That's right. Yeah, it has become birthinox. Not that not mm-hmm. that Alviva knows right now what day that is. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. What year? Every year. It might be coming up. Yeah. Maybe it's already happened. I'm not sure. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. At some point, Wynne throws in there. Also, she just gets abducted to the Feywild sometimes, and time's weird there, Mom. Who knows? <laughs> oh, the Feywild! Oh my gosh! Did you run into Bob? How is Bob? <laughs> she doesn't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, wish I knew. Wish I knew. Don't know how old I am. I could be younger. I could be losing time. I don't know. <laughs> there is also a lot of passive-aggressive Wynne you don't write. <laughs> how do we know what's happened to you for all we know you were dead maybe you were thrown into a gutter somewhere after trying to romance some dragonborn girl who just wanted to shank you for all your money okay thanks mom i feel like that's happened before just once <laughs> eventually eventually Wynn's dad does pop in over the newspaper like it would be nice if you wrote dear <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and Jill probably arrives right at the tail end of this whole thing. (laughs) And is immediately welcome in and given too much food. (laughs) Jill is very nervous about meeting people's parents and refers, like, like it's some kind of knee-jerk reflex the whole time, refers to both of her parents as sir and ma'am. Oh, God. (laughs) Exclusively. I thought it was going to be Wynn's mom and Wynn's dad. (laughs) Mr. Wynn's mom? Mr. Wynn's dad? (laughs) Mr. Sir, Dad, Dad, Mr. Sir. Dad, sir. <laughs> There's definitely a Mr. Dad, Sir. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Dad, Sir. Where's the washroom? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's probably a, a very tense battle where Juliana attempts to do the dishes to oh. be a polite house guest, and oh, no. no, that will not fly. No. How fucking dare you? Get out of the fucking kitchen. <laughs> but... <laughs> Wynne just gently puts her hand on Jill's shoulder and guides her back and is like, not a fight. (laughs) Don't do it. Just guides her down to a chair. Jill sort of like flexes her hands. (laughs) I mean, is it a farm farm? Does Alviva find a chicken? Oh, there are chickens, Alviva. It's like like one of those parties where you're the person that always finds the dog or the cat, except you're the person that finds the chicken. Yeah. I'm going to say they also have some kind of weird, weird indoor pet, which is kind of like a cat. But mm. isn't is it a pig? with like long ears? Oh, yeah. What I call it that? What about some kind of like pine martin? Ooh, I like a pine martin. Yeah, let's have it be pine martin. Oh my god. Okay, I'll it's got a bow on it. It's got a bow around its neck. Yeah, his name is Fusspot. <laughs> no longer interacting with any of the um, <laughs> people here other than Fusspot. I just sit on the floor and talk to Fusspot, which I can do once again, reminding. <laughs> Does Fusspot have much much to say, Kit? Fusspot is a notorious gossip. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna learn some secrets from Fusspot. <laughs> it's mostly about people on neighboring farms who you don't know who they are. <laughs> I listen attentively and it all just goes completely in one ear and out the other. Like I could not even repeat it back. 
to anyone who might be interested in. So you guys staying the night at the farm or are you going back to Stormhaven? Uh, well, we arrived, like, what time did we... I would say that, um, you guys fought that shark fairly early in the morning. It was a couple hours back. Oh, no, we spent the night at, uh, at Alviva's. Yeah, that's, that's right. You spent yeah. the night at Alviva's and you headed right back to Stormhaven. So I would say between the walking and the time spent in the library, I would say it's the evening, mid-evening. Okay, so it would make sense to probably stay. Right, and I'm sure with, with all of the siblings that Wynne has. The, well, yeah. Yeah. We shared some rooms. Wynne says, um, this is my room. I, it's, it's not been touched since I was, a, I was younger. Oh my god, Don't. it's got all your teen stuff in it. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> this is my room. You could also probably use my sister's room. She's, um, if you find anything in there to drink, don't drink it. She's a, uh, she's a wizard's apprentice and she does weird concoctions all the time. Don't worry about it. Um, there's also, mom! <laughs> Dibs on the barn. Yes, Dibs dear. on the barn. I called the barn first. Mom! Yes? Is, is Rory's room open? Oh, well, you know, he's he's over at college. So. <laughs> All right. He's over at Fantasy college. Fantasy college. If you go into Rory's room, be careful. Uh, he's kind of. He's kind of a creep. I say that lovingly as his sister, but he's, he's got definitely that a creep. He's got chemistry set, set up. You probably don't want to touch any of that. Just, just it don't touch it. It smells like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he's really into weed. We, we, he's really into elf weed, but we can't let mom know. Oh, I know he's into just... elf weed. He just doesn't want to talk about it. Mom! <laughs> I'm just saying, I love him very much, but he needs to do, He needs to get on that good shit. <laughs> he needs a dead kush. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to say I very much appreciate Annie being here to uh, to roleplay a Midwestern mom for me, but then it took a turn. <laughs> you don't know that many Midwestern moms. I'm a cool mom. Yep. If you're gonna do drugs, might as well do it in the house. You gotta settle in for the night. <laughs> We're all woken up way too far early because mom insists on making us a fancy breakfast. Of and course. she doesn't understand what sleeping in past 6 a.m. is. I also just want to note that over the course of this day, Jiliana has like slipped and slipped up several times and almost mentioned space uh, with several <laughs> firm shakes of the head from Wynn over somebody's shoulder. Alfiva's almost definitely messed it up and has has been to explain of like, oh, when, when she says space, she means the woods. Feywild, don't yeah, worry the about Feywild it. Yeah, the Feywild is fine. <laughs> Uh, did you guys spend, and I think, I think, I think Jill spent spell slots yesterday, but I don't think anybody else has or lost hit points. No, we're all, the rest of us are good. Okay. There was actually something I wanted to do. What's up? Ooh. Um, I have my badge of communication. Yep. I, you do have your Starfleet badge with your Sunkle. You do. I have my Starfleet <laughs> badge to talk to my Sunkle, and I kind of have been wanting to talk to my Sunkle as soon as I get a chance after the whole revelations R-E, I'm from space. Re-space. Okay. Re-space. Re so I'm, I'm going to try and ping my uncle here. Okay. It's interesting because I think that, like, normally Alviva would have attempted this several times for frivolous reasons. But <laughs> because she ended up uh, back in the Feywild again pretty shortly after leaving sand planet i think that she's actually been good about it not not out of self-control <laughs> but because she literally wasn't able to <laughs> all right i need you to roll a d100 for me real quick sure thing 28 okay you're fine if it was a five or lower it wouldn't have gotten there because there's a five percent chance it doesn't arrive right 
So yeah, the badge chirps when you press on it. After a moment, you hear, hello? Hello? Who is this? This is Alviva? Is this- Right! Yeah. Hi. I don't remember his name! (laughs) His name's Kieran. Kieran, that's right. Sunkle? Sunkle, yeah. Don't call him Sunkle, you will weird him out. (laughs) Kieran. He agreed. He agreed to be a Sunkle. (laughs) He agreed to be a surrogate uncle, not a Sunkle. (laughs) Oh, that's right! Sand uncle and surrogate uncle. It pulls multiple duties. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. Hello, Kieran. It's me. It's Alviva. Um, how how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Are you still in sand? <laughs> I am not currently in sand. <laughs> I am currently an asteroid. Oh, oh, is Circa there? Yeah, is Circa there? My favorite, the the cool one. <laughs> yeah, ha- I can put you on if you want. Oh my god, yes, please. Okay, hang on. <laughs> There's a pause and then, hello! Is this Alviva? Hi! Oh, it's so good to hear your voice again! It's good to hear from you too. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. I uh, I found my dead my dead dad, and uh, he told me I was from space. Really? Yeah, I kind of want to talk to you about that. To be honest, you know... I'd rather talk to you than Kieran, but if he knows more, you can put him back on. Yes, hang on. I'll I'll pass him back. Okay. Oh my god, it's 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 calling your parents and they pass the phone back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> There's not two landlines. <laughs> There's a moment and then Hi, I heard something about space. Yeah, so i I found my, my dad, my adopted dad, real dad, you know. My dad. Mm-hmm. And um we we spoke to his corpse because my friend can do that uh-huh. and uh, asked about you know how I ended up here and and why I might be associated with the Star Wardens and stuff like that and uh, he said I came from space. He said that uh, Navaris, the the captain of the ship that that we're on now, uh, dropped me off as a baby and said to take care of me and that like it wasn't just elves; it was like space elves. So possibly the Navy, then? I guess. Can can I talk to this Navaris? No. Dead. Oh. <laughs> That's deeply unfortunate and frustrating. Yeah. 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 There's, like, some notes and stuff we started to look through. I don't know if Captain Bondar would know anything else, but yeah. I I, you know, I was hoping maybe it would ring a bell in terms of why... You maybe pegged me as someone special. That feels weird. I mean, there was something recognizable about the way that you moved and the way that you fought. We don't have many reports of children being abducted, although there are some reports of children being dead. Maybe I was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'll look into it. I do have to go fight an Astro Sphinx right now, though. Does that mean answer riddles? Um, is it a riddle battle? No, because the riddles never make sense and there's no possible solution to them. So that when you fail to answer the riddle, it just eats you. Oh, uh, okay. I, yeah, no, I have, to, I have important things too. I, uh, I got a, um, 
say goodnight to a chicken and have mimosas in the morning. So yeah, you know, it's it's going to be an early morning, honestly. Yeah, I should really I should really get to sleep. All so. right, cool. I'll talk to you later. And there's an unearthly shrieking noise in the background and then the call cuts off. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Fucking spell jammer. <laughs> All right. I take out like a shitty piece of paper that I have like stuffed in my pocket. I go through my pack and I have like a stub of a pen and I just kind of write out like <laughs> what I learned so I don't forget it. I like to say think it actually says what I learned up at the top. <laughs> yeah, with a with a line. I like to think that Alviva's penmanship is like god awful because <laughs> um there was a bit of insistence that she learn her letters and how to write, but like it wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was begrudging on both halves. Yeah, exactly. She she didn't see the point of this whole letters thing. <laughs> he didn't much either, but he knew on an intellectual level it had to happen. What do kids do? <laughs> they what do kids learn? Um uh uh shoelaces. Yeah, don't um, get don't get me started on math. <laughs> Num addition, counting, uh, spelling, spelling, spelling. They spell. Oh, the spelling's not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a woodsy hermit. How good is his spelling? But yeah, <laughs> it's not quite like Charlie and Always Sunny Philadelphia level of illiteracy. But there are more symbols and pictures, some or symbols and words <laughs> but he, sometimes. But he's also like an old elf, so maybe some of it is like he does that thing where it translates that that old English character with. So, like, he, there's a lot of Fs that wouldn't be in normal in normal writing. These he days. wasn't an old elf. He was a human's. Oh, human. shit. You're right. He yeah, was a half-elf. Half-elves don't live longer. Half-elves don't live longer. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I write I a note that's I'll like, abandon this. you know, maybe was dead kid? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and Which I go a, to sleep. Okay. It's a great note. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys wake up the next morning to entirely too much breakfast, way too early. Way too early, entirely too much breakfast, everybody's groggy. Juliana's not awake for at least two hours. Like, she is She is walking around, but she is not awake. <laughs> Mom asks invasive questions that she doesn't realize are invasive questions. <laughs> They're just constant. <laughs> Which maybe gets to be a lot. Potentially, um, Alviva and encourages Artie to load up a plate of food and go hide in the barn because <laughs> yeah has found a good barn hiding spot you can drag Artie there he is asleep at the table <laughs> <laughs> all right that is valid <laughs> but then when carefully disengages and gets everybody out of the house there's a lot of that it's the midwestern uh, yes, goodbye gotta, it takes got, gotta yeah. go Gotta go. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We'll 15 more door. minutes of talking. Gotta go. Gotta stand at the door for five With minutes. With your hands in your pockets. For 10 more minutes. Doors open, yep. but we still have to talk <laughs> and gab about uh, gab about what we'll do next. Also, Wynn's mom at some point drops just some fact about how some neighbor died tragically like two weeks ago. <laughs> and she just puts this in a conversation and continues on her merry way without fixating on it. But it does, it, it triggers a memory, and Alviva is weirdly able to talk about weird shit that this neighbor did, and why they died, and who killed them, or how they died, because Fussbot told her. There were at least five affairs that Mom knows about for some reason. Mm -hmm. But finally, we disengage and we leave. Okay.
Gem Jammer is performed by Lexi Peppers, Annie Creighton, Kit Walker, Mackenzie Weaver, and Rio, and is edited by Jake Mason. Our character designs are by Rio, who you can find at vriosart on Twitter, and our cover art is by Canary Witch, who you can find at doodlesfromthebird.tumblr.com. Our opening and closing music is by Reckoning Storm Audio Works. For more episodes of the show and our other shows, as well as news, check out our website at crookedrussiancamp.horse. Estelar Navarez, the former captain of the Kestrel, uh, dropped off Alviva as a little, hey, can you hold on to this for me? <laughs> as a baby. Can you take this baby? Can you take this baby as a favor? I'm a baby Yoda. <laughs> Congratulations. You're the baby Yoda. The baby you Yoda. Are the child. Everyone's favorite. People Everyone's are crazy favorite. for me. Baby Viva. Holiday, of the, holiday gift of the season. Baby Viva.